0: Tell me if you tell me if you've heard this joke. What is a pirate's favorite fast food restaurant? Ooh, I don't know. What is it? You would think Long John Silver's. Yeah. But it's actually Arby's. Oh. Now I just want
1: a McRib. And audience, we are not sponsored. By a McRib. Them. Or that's
0: McDonald's. I meant... um. I mean, a big Montana? Do you want a big Montana? Maybe, or a beef and cheddar?
1: Maybe I'm realizing I've never been to Arby's. Have you never been to Arby's? Erin. I truly thought oh, of I mean, when I think of Arby's, I just think of a McRib.
0: <laughs> yes, the classic Arby's sandwich, the McRib. <laughs> so if any of our listeners right now... Work for McDonald's.
1: Your um, ad campaigns need work because you even put Mick in the title, and I still. Aaron thought it was Arby's. I still thought it was Arby's. Um, oh my gosh. Welcome to Pop DNA, the podcast where we talk Hello. about Arby's and
0: McRibs. All the time. All Arby's, all the time. <laughs> um, oh, and now
1: I'm hungry, even though a McRib is not me good. Too.
0: I'm just curly fries.
1: Mm, Arby's has great curly fries. We just made all of our listeners so <laughs> hungry too. Going, yes,
0: yeah. Mm, Get a snack. Yes. Arby's curly fries are better than Jack in the Box curly fries, but they are more expensive. So just, oh, y i. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So part two. Part two part two of Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, so what did we talk about last time? <laughs>
1: so last time we had a more freeform conversation about, you could say, the disconnect between the pirate and the life of a pirate and the world of the pirate versus the disney version that we all think about at Halloween time and that we see in this in this right. franchise of Pirates of the Caribbean that we're exploring this month,
0: the more romanticized vision of pirates,
1: yeah, romanticized and maybe yeah. presented on a platter to like the younger
0: um, mm-hmm. people, yeah, yeah. But I think that you know it is um, like it is important for us to have that conversation, yeah. Um, cause I think it's important to think critically about any media that you consume. Absolutely. Um, but I also like, I gotta say, I really love like the, the mythos and the lore Yeah. that comes along with a lot of pirate stories. Yeah. It's just really fun. Right.
1: I do too. And I think. We get compelling stories when humans really need them. So we talked a lot last time Mm -hmm. about how the decision to become a pirate, you had no other options. So then once you were on the ship, you could really spin a yarn about adventure to kind of forget your actual circumstances, you know, and I think that's why we get such a cool history of history of kind of mythology and lore surrounding pirates because mm-hmm. they needed them. If anyone needed like a fun thing to think about, it was um, people who are stuck on a ship and maybe that's their whole life now, right. you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think that the, so, you know, the first movie, the first parts of the Caribbean movie, I think, you know, d- like is definitely a fantasy. Um yeah. it's definitely like a fantasy adventure. But what I find really interesting is that in the second and third movies, um, they get very deep into um some different uh traditions and lore surrounding like the sea and um not yeah, not just pirates, but like the sea in general and kind of sea creatures. Sure. And um different uh myths and folklore traditions um i think are really fascinating yeah i did too and
1: i i went down just the <laughs> biggest rabbit hole about all sorts of different like creatures of the deep and the different um mythology that surrounds kind of the ocean in general and like the biggest through line before i kind of launch into specifics I think the biggest through line is like it's humans trying to grapple with this idea of death at sea, right? Mm, It's this sure, like, like we kind of said in episode one, science wasn't necessarily on your side at this day and age. Mm. You know, it, it wasn't really, you couldn't just go and like research the ocean necessarily to the extent that. Might be necessary. And I think that's another reason we get a lot of these um, stories. Because the Mm -hmm. through line with them is that a lot of this mythology has a real world answer. Has a very specific. No, that's not. That's not, say, the Kraken. That's a gigantic sea squid (laughs) that actually exists. Yeah, Which are
0: real creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Or. Or that's not. That's not a mermaid. Right. That's a manatee that you saw through murky waters. <laughs> yeah. Just
1: other things about disappearing people as well. I think that's where... Because mm-hmm. even if they survived, if you knew someone that was going on a sea voyage, you are never going to see them again, probably. like Right.
0: It, was... it just took too long to travel. Yeah.
1: It was done. It was... Too long, too treacherous, too X, Y, and Z, whatever you want to say. And expensive. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of the things that we learn about um, in the mythology also reflect that kind of, like the sea was just this, like, was almost a myth- mythological thing in itself, you know? It was, mm-hmm, unless sure. unless you've experienced it, you really, you know, who knows what goes on
0: out there, you know? Here there be monsters. Yeah! <laughs> so, I have a whole... You love you love monsters. <laughs> I,
1: I do love monsters. I was very excited to write this. Um, <laughs> so, I wanted to start with the Kraken because the Kraken and can... the Seattle hockey team. Yes, the Seattle hockey team. Um So the <laughs> Tell lead. <me> <laughs> I was about to call it a lead quarterback. I don't even know what a lead hockey player ah! does. Who knows? But
0: <laughs> I think forward is a is oh, one position. Okay, and goalie. Goalie is is. A position, but I don't know. Goalie is a position. I know, I know. there's a puck. I don't. Yes. Yeah, uh, I know the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, um, <laughs> another Disney film. <laughs> yeah. Um oh my gosh, we really can't escape it. And I will
1: say that it was very difficult to research the Kraken because the first was Kraken rum, the second was Kraken oh. the um the team, and then I finally got to the mythology. So it was really <laughs> nice. It was really hard <laughs> to um to get there, but I got there. So just in case you don't know, um so the kraken is seen. So there's much debate, right? There's debate between whether it's mm-hmm. an octopus, a sea squid, or sometimes a crab. Oh,
0: interesting. Yeah, I found that. Oh, in- like like, uh, Jermaine Clement in Moana.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so there's much debate, but the between those three types of um, of creature but the through line is that they were at least a mile long and could resemble an island, which is interesting. Oh,
0: interesting.
1: Because it's how you might have thought about um, shipwrecks, right? It's Mm -hmm. If you're in the middle of a huge storm in the ocean and you get shipwrecked on sea and your whole crew passes away because of it, you might say... Because the other through line is that the Kraken preyed on um, ships. So instead Mm of oh that was a shipwreck you might have thought oh no that's a sea monster. You know if it were like a smaller island and you maybe didn't know it was
0: there. Or if you so what happens in, um, in the second Pirates movie is that the Kraken like wraps its tentacles around the ship and like breaks it apart. Right. So like, I'm sure that, like, I could, I can imagine, like, what someone would think seeing, like, you know, parts of a ship that's been broken apart. Yeah. And thinking, like, what kind of creature could have done this? Yeah. And, like, you know, the imagination going to that.
1: Absolutely. It's really interesting. And that's my favorite thing about mythology in general is how we, how we use it to make sense of these things that, as humans we can't quite comprehend, you know, like death mm-hmm. and like these huge natural disasters. Um, and that's very much a through line in a bunch of the Kraken mythos. Um so our friend the Kraken first shows up um in Icelandic folklore around the 13th <laughs> century. The specific tale orvar. Audra, which I might be pronouncing totally wrong. Love it. Um, that's
0: oh, that's like a Snorri Sturluson and the the poetic and prose Eddas <laughs> that we talked about in the in Lord of the Rings.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. Sorry, my brain was like, huh? Yes, <laughs> yes
0: exactly. Um, Great names. Such Scandinavian.
1: Such good. I really, I love folklore from um from this area of the world um
0: mm-hmm. yeah super interesting
1: so this tale orvar Ordra, or you know write write me if it if it's if there's another way to pronounce it i would love to learn um tells the tale of like two of a kind of a fight between two larger sea monsters um and the first one the half which loosely translates mm-hmm. to sea mist um is said to be the kraken and then the other sea monster is the lingbacker or heatherback um which i found interesting and in this tale so one gigantic sea creature <laughs> resembling an octopus or a squid attacks a ship out to sea and it's also inter- it was interesting to me also to think about what we know about giant squids and about octopus, mm-hmm. they can very easily fit into very, very, very tiny places, even if they're very large and the right. the sea squid emits that black inky stuff, right so mm-hmm. To have this story tell tell the tale of kind of a sea mist creature makes a lot of sense that they would think about it like an octopus because an octopus can kind of hide the same way that mist does. And an octopus can kind mm-hmm. of like manipulate the environment in a mysterious way um, through hiding where you might only see that ink after and you might say, oh, that's mist, you know? And they're also... Mm-hmm largely silent like mist so it it makes sense that this is how we would have first kind of conceived of the kraken you can also kind of draw parallels so they can't quite decide between octopus sea squid and crab and all of those have (laughs) like many legs that might take a ship down in the same way that waves would you know kind of an Mm all-encompassing thing not quite one at a like you can't really if you if you've seen a, sh- a a shipwreck um in like a movie it all kind of happens at once in the same way mm-hmm. an attack with multiple arms would from a from a squid or a crab um so a lot of the. And this might just be so nerdy, but I found it fascinating to think about how, yeah, we explain these real things um, with with big old monsters. And so here's where it gets really fascinating to me, because in 1250, the kraken is mentioned in a Norwegian scientific text. So, mm. um, yeah, right, like it it go it jumps from like, an Icelandic folktale into, like, a science publication, um, mm-hmm. which, again, it makes sense. Like, you you have no other way to, to think about, what, like, a huge natural disaster. So maybe you would think mm-hmm. about this as an ultimate truth. And we do know that gigantic sea squids exist, right? So, like, it's just interesting that... So the kraken is mentioned in Norway in a scientific um, text called the Konungs skuggs-sha, which I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Gesundheit. Thank you. Um, and in this account, a large octopus-like creature works to lure massive amounts of fish through emitting an intense odor. And then um, massive amounts of ships because of this um, publication, massive amounts of fish started to symbolize that a kraken might be near and that you might need to, Mm. as a sailor, be careful. So that became kind of the the OSHA guideline, if you will, of the day is that if you're sailing through and you see a gigantic school of fish, a kraken might be around. Um, (laughs) And this is not you know, unsimilar to the hunting methods of the gigantic sea squid. But I don't think that mm-hmm. like the sea squid has no interest in your ship. You know, they just want the fish. They want right. to go away. Yeah. <laughs> They're scared of yeah. you. But um, yeah, it's it, fascinating that this would be in a like scientific text. Um, And then much, much later in 1735, The kraken was still a part of a scientific journal in Norway. Um, And here's where we got the question. In 1755, this is when it really started to be talked about whether this was an octopus, a squid, or a crab. And then... You know, the world progressed. We learned about the gigantic mm. sea squid that the poor thing just wanted to eat its fish by itself. <laughs> that it's not like a, just a wants kraken. to be
0: left alone. Yeah, like
1: please, <laughs> leave this guy alone. But um, thank you for going down that journey with me because I just,
0: yes, I found it real fascinating. A, a deep dive, if you will. Oh, I like it. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Um, but I like what, what you've noted here about how this is a connection I didn't even make. But in the Pirates movies, Davy Jones has tentacles for a beard. yeah, And he's also, like, he's, like, connected with the Kraken somehow. Totally. Which, like, I I, I believe, like, in the original, like, Legends... Davy Jones and the Kraken didn't have anything to do with each other. That was, you know, a connection that was, that was made just for the movie. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that is interesting that that kind of visual uh, thing ties them together.
1: And there's, yeah, I thought that was really, really interesting. From what I read about Davy Jones, there is no you know tie to him having had tentacles mm-hmm. or anything. So, I thought that that was an interesting stylistic choice. And there's also it just mom- looks
0: really cool. Yeah, too. <laughs> looks really neat. And it's Bill Nye. So like, so yeah. Who, you know who doesn't love Bill Nye? He's he's so fun to watch.
1: Um, there are also mm-hmm. other ties to this mythos within the. Um, first film like there'll be times where you see there's at least one time where you see a gigantic school of fish right before Mm -hmm. something major happens I think it's right before you see the army of pirates walking through Davy Jones's locker
0: Um, the ghost pirate
1: yeah or like of course there's also those uh the sea mist and all of that so you do see ties to this this Kraken lore before, um, like very, very early on into the movies, which I thought was super nerdy and fun. And maybe something I didn't, <laughs> like I wouldn't have scanned for before I was doing this right, research, yeah. but then I was like, Oh look, cool. Um, so I got excited. And I also researched Davy Jones and ghost pirates. Cause I mean, yes. how can you not? <laughs> so Davy Jones is another one of those just iconic pieces of folklore. And there's a few different explanations for his backstory, but the through line is that he represents the devil. He represents um, Mm. these bad decisions and maybe coercing other people into making bad decisions or forcing their hand In the same way that maybe a devil would make the contract. um, Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. And then Davy Jones's locker is the bottom of the sea, which we see a bunch Mm -hmm. in the movies. um, But it also just makes sense to think about drowning that way. Like you think... Oh, someone passed away at sea, they were taken by Davy Jones. Um mm-hmm. that sort of explanation makes a whole lot of sense. It makes me think of the Salem witch trials and how they would like explain oh. away like nature, kind of natural phenomenon as well with witchcraft. Mm-hmm. It felt very similar, yeah. but also I just like to tie things to also
0: like how a lot of like the vampire myths started yeah it it they came we talked about this in our Buffy episode but like a lot of that mythology came from observations of corpses right and you know like the strange things that people would notice about about corpses um is how like these vampire legends evolved so yeah Yeah. very interesting it's kind of yeah it's
1: I just I could talk forever about how we as humans think about these larger things that are part of our world, you know. So, it is th- so it's so hard to research this time period because so much of it is hearsay. So much of these right. like legends yeah. were told differently by different people. Um, but it is thought that the origins of the Davy Jones mythos um, takes kind of starts to happen around the 1500s because the sea started being explored even more and we saw more trade on the sea. Um, And his earliest known, the earliest known writing that kind of connects the devil to the sea and the um, Davy Jones is in 1726 with the four years, four years voyage of captain George Roberts um, by Daniel
0: Defoe. Um, oh, Daniel Defoe! Daniel Defoe. I know that. I know that guy. Yeah, Moll Flanders. Yes, classic. Yeah,
1: yeah. People started kind of talking about Davy Jones in the 1500s, but we've and you know I would even wager that someone probably wrote about him, but the one that mm-hmm. we still have is um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is sure. this the four years and. Davy Jones is kind of the big baddie of the folklore of the sea. Um, he's kind of one of the, mm-hmm. the major ones. He's referenced in Moby Dick. You know, he's he's a big old deal. <laughs> and there are a few ways that, that he was said to have, like, origin stories for him before he, mm-hmm. you know went off the deep end and became the devil
0: Uh, (laughs) i wonder how many i wonder how many like sea and ocean puns we're gonna come up with oh i'm so excited (laughs) this discussion (laughs) yes i'm so excited so he is
1: sometimes the owner of a pub which kind of traps people who have fallen Maybe you've fallen asleep while drinking or maybe you've become too intoxicated. He kind of traps those people.
0: Oh, like uh like Hotel California. Yeah. hmm
1: Yeah, very yeah, similar. Right? Um, and then he become then they become your ghost pirates, your um Yes. And it's an interesting way I mean, I don't wanna get too dark and I don't want to like be sad but it is an interesting way to talk about alcoholism (laughs) at this time you know like right and that kind of death um it's another explanation it wasn't
0: something that like you know another thing that wasn't you know completely understood at the time but except like from what people you know observed yeah you know with people that they knew like you know people could observe that you know too much alcohol could do these things to you, but they didn't really have, you know, scientific explanations for why yeah. they did those things. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that.
1: Yeah, one of those big sadnesses that we don't really know how to talk about at this period.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And so
1: in th- when we think about Davy Jones as a pub owner, he loses ownership of the pub and is forced to take all of these people and commandeer a ship and then become... Right around the same time he sells his soul to the devil um, and then he mm-hmm. is able to go become Davy Jones. So that's one kind of mm-hmm. origin for him.
0: And then and then he joined the monkeys yes oh this was yes. another
1: this was another one that was so
0: and was on research. the Brady Bunch yeah exactly
1: <laughs> and, and then the Brady Bunch becomes his ship's crew yeah mm-hmm. you guys
0: oh my gosh that would be incredible would be- if there was a fanfic where the Brady Bunch becomes Davy Jones's crew <laughs> oh that'd be so that good that would be incredible <laughs> oh my gosh uh okay
1: <laughs> oh, I, oh now i'm excited by that thought but uh, <laughs> notably in 1630 there was an actual pirate named david jones
0: but i'm sure there were a lot of people named david jones throughout history that's what historians say they're kind of like yeah like, <laughs> but okay i mean it's a pretty common name and it's not the english-speaking world
1: yeah so so yeah everything i read was historian one person would be like david jones and then historians would be like yeah but no so
0: yeah that's, that's all of them
1: and i always i just think that's so funny when that happens so we all know that david jones davy jones um What's the name of the ship? She, the Flying Dutchman, is his ship, and so those yeah. those are the people. That's the gigantic ship um, that all of his um, his crew have to help him take care of. We see <laughs> we see references to the Flying Dutchman in SpongeBob
0: SquarePants with the frying Dutchman. Oh, I can't get away from SpongeBob. Dang it! You truly cannot. <laughs> um. um. So. Something that I was curious about, though, I don't know if you came across this, but so obviously in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, Davy Jones is the captain of the Flying Dutchman, but is that, was there, was that connection there in the original legends or is that something that you came across? So there's a bunch of different ways to tell the story. A lot of them. Okay.
1: Um, A lot of them have him as just kind of a general captain of a bunch of ships, but then there are some that that do connect him specifically to that ship. Um, And I think it just, I kind of, I think it depends on who is telling the story, who's spinning the yarn and kind of what they need Davy Jones to be doing in that moment um i the flying mm-hmm. dutchman also connects specifically to kind of this idea of zombie pirates um or ghost pirates Ooh. that we see because in a not all but in a lot of stories the flying dutchman actually flies through the air oh and is said to be unable to make port so the souls of the pirates are forced to always um, man the ship and it's just kind of stuck in the ether um, is the major plot point and through line of a lot of the flying Dutchman mythology. But then there's also ones that, that place it directly in the ocean. So it just kind of depends on who you're asking, I think, which is another fascinating way to think about death and kind of morality, like being stuck yeah on a ghost ship just a lot of humans trying to explain things to themselves mm-hmm. um right i love a i love a monster legend and this was really fun you to do. research
0: you do love a monster legend i
1: do i just think we as humans our rationalizations can be so fascinating especially in this period of time and then it's also really fun to see how folklore across the world has through lines you know like yeah just fascinating
0: yeah so i think that's interesting when we're thinking about the pirates of the caribbean movies how they kind of drew all these inspirations from different folklore traditions just like about you know the sea or the ocean in general but i think if we look at like the things that are specifically like pirate related, um, a lot of those like genre tropes or genre conventions come from like almost exclusively from one source, right? Um, which is very interesting, yeah. Um, and that's that source is Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island, of sure. Course. And you know, like treasure island really kind of established it it wasn't the first book to be about pirates and have this kind of that kind of idea in there but it it was the first massively successful book to do so and it you know is the one book that we you know that's still popular now um that really kind of established those conventions yeah um you know, kind of like I talked about in in our Buffy episode, I talked about how Dracula kind of established vampire canon. Treasure Island really did that for Pirates. Right. Um, sure. And the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, you know, like I said, like the ride that they're based on was in turn based on the Disney adaptation of Treasure Island from 1950. So you know it's it's more than just sort of the pirate canon like they have a direct connection to treasure island yeah so treasure island um just to do a little little background if you haven't read it uh yes yeah, so it was originally published as Um, A story for boys like that was in the subtitle. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Well, you know, Little Women was like supposed to be like a book for girls like that was. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah gender rigidity yeah was a thing and still often is um yeah <laughs> so this is <laughs> so this is an adventure novel by Scottish author Robert Louis Stevenson and it's a tale of quote buccaneers and buried gold um obviously its influence is huge in popular perceptions of pirates it introduced Elements like treasure maps marked, marked with an X, you know, the big schooner, pirate ships, the idea of the black spot, tropical islands, one-legged men who have parrots on their <laughs> shoulders and wear eye patches. Like, that all comes from Treasure Island. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Treasure Island is also one of the most frequently adapted or dramatized novels sure um, and you know it was originally published and considered like a coming of age story like a story for children as they're you know kind of growing up um it was first published in a uh, children's magazine um it was serialized as was common at the time right um from 1881 to 1882 and um, then it was published as a complete book in 1883. And so a little bit about like the sort of stories like this that came before Treasure Island. So there were two types of sea novels that were popular during like throughout the 19th century. So you have like stories about the Navy or Navy yarns, which um, were usually about like, you know, a heroic Navy officer just having adventures and, um, but but with like you know realism, like a realistic setting, right? And often involving real historical events. And then you also had something called the desert island romance, which was not like a romance like we think of, not like a Harlequin <laughs> romance, right? But like a romance, as in like a kind of romanticized or fantastical kind of story, which would which think like a Shakespeare comedy. Okay. So like there's shipwrecks and there's like marooned characters who you know meet like kind of outlandish other characters. So around uh, 1815, the desert island romance became a very popular genre in Britain. So Treasure Island was kind of like a culmination of these two uh, types of stories. So like those, you know, those two genres obviously influenced Treasure Island. Um, And then specifically, Stevenson consciously was influenced and even borrowed material directly from a few other writers okay yeah so he wrote in a letter in 1884 that treasure island came out of kingsley's at last where i got the dead man's chest so the dead man's chest is a thing in in treasure island and that's what the second pirates movie is called (laughs) right
1: very original just
0: keep it yeah and then, um, Stevenson also admitted that he got the idea, he got, like, the idea of the pointing skeleton from The Gold Bug by Edgar Allan Poe. Oh! Um, and then he also, yeah, and then he also, um, Billy Bones's history is from, uh, a story by Washington Irving. Okay. Um, in, uh, Tales of a Traveler. So, you know it didn't come out of a vacuum of course (laughs) right like that's like the very premise of our podcast is that nothing comes out of a vacuum (laughs) yeah Um, but I think Treasure Island represented kind of like the first time that all of these things had been coalesced into a whole and that whole you know has influenced all of our pirate media right and um before we wrap up our Treasure Island discussion. Uh, I just wanted to touch on a few, a few other works besides Pirates of the Caribbean that kind of explore Treasure Island in unique or. Um, even like kind of transformative ways Ooh, Um, yes please so yeah so of course there's muppet treasure island yes my favorite (laughs) just like the definitive (laughs) treasure island adaptation um which you know of course (laughs) stars the muppets uh so Like, I think this was, like, after the success of The Muppet Christmas Carol, they, you know, went on to adopt another sort of kid-friendly classic novel. So it has Tim Curry as Long John Silver. And then, of course, like, the, you know, the great Muppet performers like Frank Oz and Jerry Nelson um, and Steve Whitmire. All in their in their various Muppet roles. Oh, I do um, really love that movie. I really do. Yes. And then Treasure Planet. Yeah. <laughs> treasure Planet is a really good one. Yeah. Uh, I love Treasure Planet. Yeah. Um. So it takes Treasure Island and sets it in space. Yeah, it does. Um. And it's fantastic. And it just it doesn't get enough enough attention no it's
1: think. kind of been forgotten yeah
0: yeah uh it's so good and then the last one i wanted to mention is the tv series black sales oh which i don't know if, have you do you do you know this show never even heard of it really that is so yeah that doesn't surprise me but it's but it's sad. Yeah. So, bla- <laughs> so Black Sales, um, I think is it was on um, Stars. Uh, um, okay. So that premium cable, it might be tough to find. They do some interesting things on Stars. They do. Yeah. It's and actually, it's on my TV right now. As we speak. Um. So this is this is like a prequel series to treasure island oh so it's set like it's it's roughly 20 years before the events of treasure island okay so uh in the first in the pilot episode they actually tell us um it's 1715 in the west indies and it takes place on an island called new providence and it just kind of explores like the The different dynamics um, between like the pirates and the other, you know, people who were living in that area at the time. And it does so in a much more honest way than we're used to seeing in pirate media. Sure. So it's really, really, uh, really interesting. So, like, Long John Silver is in it, but it's before he becomes Long John Silver. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. And it also um, they have like fictionalized versions of real life pirates like Anne Bonny, Jack Rackham. Yeah. um, Blackbeard is in it as well. (laughs) And also something that, you know, I think was just like so well done in the show um, is that they there's. A lot of uh, representation for people of color and LGBTQ people that's, you know, done in like, you know, it is a historical show. And so, like, those identities are kind of explored through that historical lens. Oh, that's great. uh, Yeah, it does such a good job with it. And it's tragic that more people don't know about it. I will Um, check
1: in about that. That
0: sounds good. (laughs) And, you know, you can kind of see, like, where, like, Pirates of the Caribbean is a very Disney (laughs) view of pirates, like, for lack of a better term. Like, this is, like, the anti-Disney view of pirates. Um, So, yeah. Check it out. Yeah. I think that's it. That's all we had for this week, right? Yeah, I think so. I think. Yeah.
1: We wanted to kind of
0: build the world of the
1: mythos and of where it all came from. Right, and then next yeah. week we'll get into a little more like of the little, I would say like the little rabbit holes we went down
0: mm-hmm, <laughs> in like sure. the best way
1: possible.
0: Specifically like about like specific characters. Right. I think is what we wanted to do for next week's discussion. So this is just making me so happy right now. I know it.
1: <laughs> It's making me re- this is so weird, but I think with, you know, the pandemic and everything, it's making me really want to like go swimming in like a lake, you oh. know? Like get <laughs> It's my-
0: making me want to like go sail on a ship. That would be awesome. Like yeah. like Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. So yeah, tune in next week. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I say tune in? I I keep saying tune in even though like that doesn't really make sense. But, I mean, we're tuning our, <laughs> our, our, you know. Tune your Spotify app or whatever you use. <laughs> yes, please listen next week.
1: Well, tune in is a lot better than like, share, subscribe. You know, tune in is like. Yeah. So,
0: re- yeah. listener, when you hear we us don't, say tune we don't in. really. <laughs> That's true. We don't really ask people to share or subscribe. Because it's kind of obnoxious. Like... Like, live your life. It (laughs) is obnoxious. Share if you, like, feel, you know, if you feel strongly enough about it.
1: Share if you want to, but... About the show. Or you can just go out into nature and not share with anyone ever again, which is what I want to (laughs) do.
0: Yes. Just, like, be a hermit. Yes. Love it. Well, yeah, like Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I've That's
1: I've like written anyway. to him to ask him how he got that to happen for himself. Yeah, I am trying. Yeah. Um. That's the
0: life, man. Okay. Well, thanks yeah. for listening, friends. So, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Okay. Um, wear your mask and follow us on Facebook or not Facebook, Twitter, on Twitter and, Instagram. and yeah. yeah. Delete your Facebook. Don't okay. Get rid of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. looking for a new podcast to listen to here's what we love courtesy of acast recommends
1: my name is hint hassan i work as a foreign correspondent for vice news power is at play in every single interaction that happens in our lives and that's what we're going to explore all over the world Strongman, from Vice News, coming to you on March 18th. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST Recommends.